You're listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White, and today I'm talking about promotional copy 101. I'm going to explain how you can write great copy so that you can attract more of the right clients more easily. And you may like to go and listen to the last episode, number 158, where I give some of the backstory of the key elements to writing good copy. But let's just say this, good copywriting can make the difference between crickets and conversions. Luckily, copywriting is a skill that you can learn. As a coach, you have some ninja superpowers that give you a massive head start. The better you are at listening and reflecting, the easier marketing and more specifically copywriting will be for you. Let's talk first about how to get attention. Reflect on this yourself for a moment. Which advertisements do you respond to and why? I would guess most likely that you're going to be most engaged with promotions and copy that use the exact images, words and phrases that you use personally to describe what you're going through. When the copy uses your exact language, then there's no education or translation required. Your brain recognises your own words and you immediately get it. And that's one of the reasons why choosing a niche is so important. Different niches use different language to describe what's going on. And if you're too broad and not specific enough, your audience might just glaze over when they see your copy because they can't recognise it. Let's think about two different weight loss niches as an example. There's young mothers who want to lose weight and menopausal women who want to use weight. And while there may be some common ground, these two weight loss niches will use very different and specific language to describe their desired outcome the challenges they face to get there, and all of the obstacles on the way. For example, a young mother wanting to lose weight might be talking about wanting to lose my post-baby belly or losing my pregnancy weight. And they might also be wanting to be a role model to her children. Some of the obstacles she faces might include tiredness so that she's getting sugar craving, she's eating the kids' food all of the time, or she's got no time for anything to think about healthy eating even because she's juggling family and work and small kids. On the other hand, a menopausal woman wanting to lose weight might talk about menopause belly or a slowed metabolism or wanting to look her best in a professional setting but feeling frumpy. Some of her obstacles might be around workload, hormonal balance and the stress of ageing parents and teenage kids. Can you see how different this could be? If your goal is to attract somebody by telling their story and their language, you need to be really clear on exactly who you're talking to to get that language right so that you become highly visible and attractive to them. Developing a customer avatar is something that helps you define exactly who you're speaking to and remembering what they say about their problem, obstacles and desired results and the reasons why those things are important to them. It wraps all of those things up so that you are clear on who you're speaking to. By using your client's own words, you can create marketing copy that's visible and relevant to your niche client and so that they feel heard and understood and they trust that you're the best person to help them. They know that you absolutely get what they're going through. So that's a great start, right? But which client's words should you use? I'm going to say it's important to be really selective with the client words that you use. Think about it this way. 
Whose words do you think would be better for copy? Would it be the client who doesn't show up consistently to their appointments and often cancels and always sabotages themselves? Or would it be the words of your favourite high chemistry clients who persisted and got amazing results by working with you? I bet you can tell that the latter is better, but it's not just about them getting a more compelling result. It's also that you want to attract more people who are like them, the better fit, more persistent client who's driven to succeed, who you have high chemistry with. Find that person and use their words. And not only will you be speaking to a better result, you'll more likely attract more people like them. And so then how do you make your copy mouthwatering? Beyond the body copy of your promotion, you can add a call to action to seal the deal. And that call to action needs to add value. It needs to create accountability. And it probably could also include a trust step. So let's talk about those three elements. The VAT. <laughs> v in the VAT is value. It's a bonus that they get for joining. For example, if you join this program, you're going to get a bonus free e-guide and video walking you through the simple three-step process to foolproof meal planning. Rather than trying to discount, which devalues your service, you're better off to add value and giving someone a bonus free thing is the way to do that. Now the A in the, in the call to action is the accountability and that's the time that they must decide by whether they're in or out. It's asking them to make a decision and commit. For example, the text could be register now. This offer closes on 30 June and there are only 10 places available. So now you've passed over the accountability to them. They've got a deadline. There's a limited number of places and they need to decide. This simply forces the person to decide now and commit or not, rather than delaying the decision and then forgetting that you've even made an offer. You know what it's like. Someone sends you an email saying, hey, I've got this great thing. And you think, oh, I'll think about that. And then three weeks later, you're going through clearing out your inbox and there's that offer that you'd forgotten about and it's over. So you really need to write down for the busy person who's skim reading, you need to give them the instruction of what to do. Register now. This offer closes 30 June and there are 10 places available. Tells them this is what you need to do right now if you're interested. And they're going to say then, no, I'm not interested or okay, I'm jumping on to look at this. So you want to get that specificity. Think about it this way. As a coach and in a coaching session, you're going to ask your clients to commit to the weekly goals that they set by nominating the day and time that they're planning to take those weekly actions. And the accountability step in your call to action is much the same. It requires a decision, a commitment to take action, and it provides accountability. The trust step is a condition that they must fulfill in order to join. And an example is this. The offer is only available to people who've attended my live information session. Or a health clearance with your GP is required before you can participate. This is a call to action element I have used before and it works very well. Or you need to complete a program application form to see if you qualify. Now, you may not want to use these, but 
I've done a lot of research with people around what causes them to buy, how much trust needs to be in place before they will buy something. And most of the people I've spoken to say they'll only sign up for something if they've had some sort of a trust step or steps in place. They've had a free call, they've gotten to know the person, they've attended a live Q&A and they have enough trust to press, to press the buy button. So in your call to action, this trust step is optional, but it does show that you value working with the right kind of client. It's not for everyone and you want to make sure that they're going to succeed if they sign up. That's the message you're giving. And it might also meet their requirement for trust building before they're willing to sign up. In some cases, the trust step may present a hurdle to signing up, such as if you're speaking to a cold audience that doesn't know you. But it could also build trust and authority and encourage action. I tend to think the latter applies, but you'll need to decide whether to include this aspect or not. Ultimately, I think you want the best quality clients who are most likely to succeed and who are a good fit for you working in your business with you. So putting these things in place can help you to screen out anybody who's not serious, who's not committing, or who doesn't have enough trust in you to work with you. Let's wrap up what we've discussed today. Firstly, good copywriting leverages your innate coaching skills, which include listening, acknowledgement, reflecting, reframing, goal setting with the specificity in included and rapport building. The easiest way for you to write compelling copy is to craft it using the exact words that your best high chemistry clients use. And I encourage you to listen to the previous episode of this podcast to get clarity on how to get those words. At the end, a really compelling call to action is needed to leverage your client's emotions around the value that you're offering, the accountability that they need to have, and the required amount of trust building activities that will get them over the line to buy from you. I hope that's been useful and I look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.